So I'm recording this right before Veterans Day. And the thought occurs to me, of course, that it's important to recognize and support and appreciate all the servicemen and women in the armed forces that are either currently enlisted, currently deployed, and those that have returned and tried to build their way back into civilian life, regular life, and um, even to acknowledge those that were lost, right? You know, if I look at, let's say my family, I have a lot of veterans in my family. I've got my dad, I've got my grandfather, his father, I've got my uncle, even my, I've got cousins, I've got nephews, I've got my brother. You know, I could probably pick their brains on what their experience was like. And in some ways I probably have, but I also recognize that it's kind of a personal, private, and maybe even sometimes hard to discuss subject, you know? So that's where I turn to things like film and stories because they can get to the heart of the matter and really dig into the core of an experience, let's say, and maybe not be so personal or too revealing or vulnerable right? So, you know, I was looking at some films that uh, I'd been wanting to see for a while, and even some that I just discovered, just to acknowledge this way of thinking about those that are in the armed forces and what they do, and then what they also have to deal with in returning to the regular world. So let's look at some films. Um, One that I wanted to watch for a long time, and it's been on my list forever, but I never got around to watching it, is uh, Jarhead. And it's from 2005. That's, uh, who's that? Sam Mendes directed that. And it's an interesting look at the life of a Marine or just a, uh, the experience during operation desert storm, you know, in, in the first Iraq war in the early nineties. And it's, you know, if you weren't around for that time, if you don't remember that time, that was right. As I was approaching that age. I mean, I think that was 91, 92. And for me, I would have been like 16, 17 years old. And it really was a moment where, you know, we hadn't been in a major, let's say, war conflict as a nation since Vietnam, really, right? And when that all started happening, the invasion of Kuwait by Iraq and, you know, what's going to happen and who's going to be involved and how much is going to escalate. I remember there being a real moment for me and and maybe for other people my age where you kind of wondered, like, is this going to be, um, are they going to start like running up forces of drafting people or, you know, is that going to be the thing to do? 
And it was just a moment for me where I thought, yeah, okay, this might be my future here. And I don't know if I'm really ready for that. I don't know if I'm even cut out for that, you know? And so uh, watching this film, it was interesting because this is, uh, this is a little bit of a different take on the, on the experience, of course, because it is going through the whole thing from boot camp through being deployed all the way to coming home and seeing where people kind of end up in life. And I think the most revealing thing about this film, the thing that I think I, I, it seems like the most that I hear people talk about this film is about how it captures the, the almost the banality of military life, how just boring it can be. It's not always that way, but it can be. And how you have to find ways to keep your mind occupied, keep yourself sharp. Uh, but also you have to struggle with, you know, it, maybe not a physical claustrophobia, but like a, a real a sense of like you're not going anywhere. The walls are kind of closing in on you and there's no end in sight. And this film, I think, captures that in a pretty unique way because it doesn't do it visually necessarily. I mean, this is taking place in the desert. So there's a lot of open space. It seems very desolate, very lonesome. And yet it just seems like these, these characters, they're, they're just trapped in this situation and they just have to find a way to pass the time and keep themselves from kind of going nuts. And so it's an interesting look at it because it doesn't just give you the, uh, it doesn't present it as all action and glory and valor, you know, all those things that I think a lot of war movies kind of fall into in terms of, you know, just finding the balance between the conflict and the fear of it or the terror of it. And then the the kind of uh, celebration of it, you know. My read on it, it's not at all glorifying this life. It's not jingoistic. It's not like, you know, rah, rah, let's join up and serve our country. It's a little more personal and and reflective on what does this do to someone? And how does this life how does this experience change someone maybe? And, uh, I, it's, and it, it's interesting in that way because it makes me think, you know, if that were me going in at that period in time and, and kind of going through that experience specifically in that conflict and that era, like where would that put me today? You know? And I, and I guess maybe that's that's something that even if you if you did go through this, you did go through the experience of serving in the military, you might see it the opposite way of like, well, what if I hadn't done that? Like, what would be different? I mean, what would be better? What would be worse? But just what would be different about me and my life? And, you know, watching this movie now, uh, I feel like 
I can look at it with those eyes. If I had seen this when this came out, 2005, I don't know. I might have been a little more, um, I don't know, maybe disappointed by it because it isn't that kind of war movie. It is. It doesn't have that kind of action in it. And it is more mature, more thoughtful, even though it has its moments of comedy and even some disturbing scenes in it with uh, people struggling with how to process this whole thing. But um, I, I guess for me, looking at it now, it's it's actually a really good film that tells the side of this story that we don't really see very much. And I, and I guess it's changed. And maybe this film even had something to do with that. It, you know, films like this, in this era of like in the 90s and 2000s, I feel like films about war and about the military and that life, they were starting to change. You know? I mean, we saw it in the late 90s with films like Saving Private Ryan, which although it had a lot of action and it was very intense, at its core, it had a story that was a lot more personal and I felt like more sincere rather than let's just go kill the bad guys. It's like, we're trying to do an honorable thing here and we're willing to sacrifice to achieve that mission, to achieve that goal. And you look at films like, um, the thin red line, I think also in 98 or 97. And that is much more, uh, existential and, and, thoughtful about what is war and what does it mean for us to do this to each other and it it has moments of action of course but it is a very different kind of war film and you've got films that start to gradually change from just showing us action showing us the the firefights the intensity of it all to films that are really pulling back the layers of the characters and their and how that experience haunts them. You go from that to the Hurt Locker, 2008, I think, which has some moments of action, has some real intense sequences, but is more about this character struggling with how to return from that life into regular daily life back home. And how that doesn't really work for him. And why doesn't it work for him? And what does he miss? You know, the, the, the hole that's left. So when you look at it in that context, I think now we're getting films that are much more thoughtful about the consequences of war. Not just the action of war or what even leads up to a war, but the, all the after effects. Everything that's left in its wake. And I, you know, I'm sure I've talked about some films here that in recent years still kind of give us uh, a big uh, action packed view of war, but it's definitely slanted more towards the other way now. I mean, even something like, um, was it all quiet on the Western front? I talked about that a while back and that's got a lot of intense action. It's very well done, of course. But it also focuses on what does this mean for those soldiers? Like, what was going through their heads? Where where did they go wrong? Like, how did they end up on the wrong side of history, right? 
Or you have something that you've been like 1917, which came out, what, a, a year or two before that. And um, while that had a lot of, uh, there was the gimmick of it in a way of being one long take. It was about the very personal experience of those two soldiers just traveling through this like literal in some ways minefield of war and what that does to a person and what they're willing to do how far they can push themselves to survive right so i i think i think films have really taken a turn in in how they tell this story and jarhead now that i've seen it i can say yeah that's that's definitely a landmark in in some of these stories turning that corner. Is it the greatest? I don't really know. I, you know, I can't speak to the authenticity of it, of course, of, of how it depicts this experience or even that time period. But I think it's got a, enough of a different take on things and surprising in some ways that uh, it, it certainly deserves that recognition. So we go from that, you know, in Iraq in the early 90s to what arguably became the next biggest conflict and probably the biggest conflict that we've been involved in as a country, which was Afghanistan. There's this documentary and a feature film called The Kill Team, which I... I found the film first. I remember seeing something about the film because it came out in 2019. And I remember thinking, what is this? It seems to be portraying this war in Afghanistan and what our troops were doing over there as completely horrific. And I wasn't sure that that was a, a film that I wanted to see. I mean, because you don't want to really believe that that kind of thing happens, you know? And it's not to say that it can't happen or it's impossible. I'm sure it does and has. And as you'll see here, it did happen. But it's just something you don't. And and I'm sure everybody who serves doesn't want this kind of stain on what they're doing. I understand that. But this film, The Kill Team, this story, really, I mean, it's about a for all intents and purposes, it's about an isolated incident as a moment in time with a specific set of people. All right. It's about a young man. He's in the army. He's going to Afghanistan. And when he gets there, he kind of falls in with uh, this team that they're at a FOB in Afghanistan. And life there isn't very action-packed and that's why i at least kind of confirms or reinforces some of what was depicted in jarhead is like this life isn't necessarily what people think it is and so this film shows us what happens when people take it upon themselves to kind of create their own destiny you know it's like well there's nothing to do here there's nobody to shoot that's what we're trained to do. So we're going to we're going to make that happen. And the the side that we're presented is this one soldier who is he's he's a little bit green in terms of how things go here, but 
He's also aware enough to know that something's not right. This is not how this is supposed to go down. And when a new, uh, was it captain or commander comes in and takes these guys out and they're doing their normal thing, but then things start happening where they have to kill somebody, just a civilian in Afghanistan. And turns into, no, these things have been set up. And, you know, the way they kind of refer to it is like a drop weapon situation, I guess. It, it, it's just a thing where you plan a weapon on somebody, you say they were going to kill you, they were coming after you, they were a threat. It gives you license to open fire, take them out, right? Of course, that is entirely illegal, that is entirely amoral, but that's what some of these people were doing so they could say they got a kill. They could say they saw some action. And we have this one soldier who is identified that as like, that is a problem, that is a crime. That is not what I'm here for. But what do I do? Who do I turn to? I mean, if your superiors and all the way up the chain don't want to take any action against this or don't even recognize what the problem is, what do you do? You're stuck there. You can't just leave. You can't just say, I don't, I'm not into it, you know, because it's kind of the, uh, it's kind of the Serpico type of situation, right? You know, if you are the one person that says, I'm not on the take, I'm not going to do that. I'm not dirty like that. Now everybody else is looking at you. You're the target now. And that's kind of where this film goes. I mean, it has some moments where you're not sure, like, what's going to happen? Like, are these soldiers going to turn on our main character here? And the thing I would say about the film is that it at least gives us that sense of the paranoia and the fear through you know, the, the intimidation of it all. Of like, I, I don't know what to do here. I'm potentially in danger by my fellow soldiers. And so what I learned after watching this film was that this was all really based on a very specific incident and in, in the story. And that's how I found the documentary. Now, the film came out in 2019. The documentary was originally released in 2013. Both directed by Dan Krause, who I, you know, never seen any of his other work, but the fact that he stuck to this story so much that he made a documentary about it, then turned around some years later, presumably working that time on building and directing and, and releasing this film, is really passionate about this story and telling this perspective on how war can go, or at least how it went for this set of people. So we kind of back up a little bit to the documentary, and that's when you get the real people involved. You see the real soldier, Adam Winfield. You see his family. You see some of the other soldiers that were there that were a part of all this. And it's interesting because to hear it from the people themselves who were there, who did some of these pretty horrifying things, it's kind of eye-opening because... While all of this is like truly horrifying, 
the, the consequences of this kind of betrayal or the potential for this betrayal where Adam is not sure what to do. He's not sure. Does he turn people in? Does he put himself at risk? And then to hear it from the other guys who just plainly admit, yeah, we were planning or figuring out what we're going to have to do about Adam. And maybe we need to take him out too. Like it was in the works. That's where it, it makes it honestly scarier than the feature film. Because you're hearing from these guys that they were going to do whatever they had to do to protect themselves. And it just worked out in Adam's favor in a sense because nothing happened to him. But, of course, when everybody came home, all this did come out into the open, made the news. It was a, it was a pretty big deal. And everybody went to prison. Some people for more than others, but still, I mean, you know, that's the thing. If, if I try to like really put any judgment on this, the feature film, you could kind of write it off as, well, this is just a story. Who knows what's true and what's not true, what's accurate, what's not. But in this documentary, you see the people themselves. You see how they handle, you see the situations. There's real video footage and photos of things that were happening. And some of it is really hard to watch. And so to see Adam tell his story, his side of all these events and how he felt, I mean, it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it makes you wonder like where, where people's judgment was really at because so many bad decisions were made. And like stacked, right? Like one on top of the other. It just makes you think things could have gone very differently and maybe not as tragically as they did. So look, I would say if you're going to see the kill team, maybe watch the documentary first and really get to the heart of the story and, and know the facts. And if you feel like watching a little more of a dramatized, uh, reenacted version of that, maybe watch the feature. The documentary is definitely better because it's true. The feature, you, you can feel it, it kind of heightens things a little bit, which is not necessarily a problem, but once you know the facts, you can see there's like a just a cold truth to it that you don't really need to dress up. It's already pretty dramatic as it is. So... Aside from those, you know, I, I also looked at um, a film that just came out recently called The Covenant. And it's it's an odd one to me because it's it's a Guy Ritchie film, but it's about the war in Afghanistan and how there's a bond or, or the, the dynamic between soldiers there and interpreters, like local people who kind of sign on to work with our military forces to just deal with like liaise with people on the ground there, the civilians and, and so forth. And so I don't know that it's really a story we see very much in films. I mean, you see in some of these movies about things happening in other parts of the world, you see where, okay, the Americans come in and then who is there to kind of 
make sure things are smoothed over, you know, who that person is or who those people are. But here is a very specific story. It's about two men specifically. We've got Jake Gyllenhaal. He plays uh, was like Master Sergeant John Kinley. And then you've got Dar Salim, who plays Ahmed, his interpreter, who is, for look, for my money, is actually a really interesting presence. Because he, he doesn't really, he's not big, he's not bold, but he's got like a quiet power, quiet presence to him that it really shows in the second half of the film. You know, I don't, I don't know how much I would want to give away about the film, but it doesn't necessarily go in places where I thought it was going to go. I mean, if you watch a trailer or whatever for it, you can tell like it's about Jake Gyllenhaal, his character. They're in a firefight. They're in a battle. He kind of gets uh, wounded and comes home or is sent home. But he realizes, he, he recognizes that his interpreter, Ahmed, is still in Afghanistan, still in very unsafe, very hostile territory. And he's also got a target on his back because he worked for the Americans. So he tries to find a way to do the right thing and, and go back for him to find him or to save him. And so with that in mind, okay, I, I kind of figure I, I know what kind of story I'm in for, like the structure, the way things are going to play out, so to speak. But it really does take some different roads to get there. And when you see in the second half of the film how things kind of turn around, like Ahmed really kind of becomes a big and important part of the story that can't, uh, you can't have the story without him. So it's not just about the American and trying to, you know, do the right thing or honor his word or whatever. It is about this real, at first kind of hesitant, kind of reluctant bond that grows and becomes stronger as the story plays out. And, you know, if I look at Really, if I look at all of these films, I mean, that is an element of these. And it's not always to the benefit of everybody involved, but I can see that I can recognize there is a real bond that happens when people are in these situations, whether they're deployed or they're just going through basic training or they're on a mission. You know, there is a real... There's a camaraderie, of course, but there's like a real bond, like a trust that it, it, it's required, really. You can't go into a situation and put your life on the line and do it right and do it well if you can't trust or can't depend on the guys next to you. That's always been my understanding. I don't have that experience necessarily to... to confirm it but that's my understanding is this is like life and death so nobody's fucking around now everybody's got to be on point everybody's got to be tip top and you've got to have a real determination to do your best and honor your word and survive and so this film i think in its own way it tries to get at that kind of core of the story of how do these two men who come from different worlds live different lives? 
they have different experiences and they honestly probably even have different goals with what they're doing here. How do they get along? How do they learn to trust each other? And when things go bad, how far are they willing to go to save each other? And it's a, those are pretty big questions to ask. And I think this film gets there. So I give it credit. I mean, it feels authentic. It feels very no-nonsense. You know, it does have some stylistic things here and there that kind of tip it off. Like, this isn't a documentary. It's, it is a film. And yet, it plays it pretty straight. It You know, for Guy Ritchie film, this is maybe one of the most, like, quote-unquote, mature films he's done. You know, if you look at some of the earliest stuff, right, something like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, you look at Snatch, those are very much in a, in a specific lane. But then when you see how far outside of that lane he's gone, whether it's something like, um, didn't he do the Aladdin remake? Uh, or even uh, even the Sherlock Holmes films, which play in the same part of the world, but very different kind of films, right? there's still always some sort of, um, I don't know, it, it, there's just a fanciful kind of attitude about them. It's a little bit cavalier in a way. And this, and there's maybe a couple other films more recently, um, I feel like Wrath of Man kind of does that, where it is no nonsense. It is like straight to the point, we're going to do some dangerous shit here. And watch how it goes down. But that is, of course, still, it's like in the crime thriller genre, you know? Here, I mean, this is, I guess, military or war theme, but it really is about these two characters. And, it, and it's, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's trying to be very authentic to that specific type of story, that specific type of relationship. So... Those are films that I, I just wanted to look at and have maybe a different perspective on not necessarily life in the military, even though that's a big part of it, but what that does to people or what it, what it can do to people, like how it can change someone for the better or worse, mostly because these films in some way or another focus on what happens during that time and what what that experience can do to you, how it can change you, how you can become a different person than the person you were when you went in. And that's an important thing to recognize. It's not just about what they're there to do or where they went, but it's about what happened to them. And for me, that is a big part of recognizing veterans is that it's not just what they did or the honor of their, their service or their sacrifice right? But it's like, hey, when these people come back home, recognize they may have gone through some shit. They may have seen some things. They may have had to do some things. And maybe they were the right things to do, but that doesn't mean they're proud of them, or that doesn't mean they even necessarily understand them. It's just what they were told to do, or what they had to do. And you have to understand it. You have to at least acknowledge that people deal with this stuff still. I mean, long after they've come home, long after they've tried to reintegrate into regular life, 
you know, hold down a job, have a family, whatever it is, they carry that with them. And just like we all do, we all carry our own things. But for some of us, we're carrying a little more. So just keep it in mind. So anyway, those are my films for Veterans Day. Um, I, uh, I have to say, of course, thanks to all of our veterans, those who serve, those who are no longer with us even. Uh, I think it's, um, it's important to recognize that. Not everybody is good. There are bad apples. But I think for the ones that do the things that they are supposed to do and do it with honor, do it with respect, those are invaluable people. All right. That's it for me. That's it for this week. I'll uh, I'll be back with something different. But, um, you know, I'm just going to hang out and uh, go watch something new. <laughs>